Stacy, thank you for being here in the Ride Boundless studio. Cheers with our water. Cheers. Uh, we met, how long ago did we meet? It was what, a month ago? Yeah, a month ago, I think. Yes. I, I feel like so much has happened. We met, we met at the, name of the stu- uh, stadium? BMO Stadium. BMO's? BMO. BMO? Yes. And w- what is that? BMO is a bank, our newest partner. Um, 10-year deal, just started in 2023. Uh, Canadian bank just coming into the U.S. in a big way. They've been on the East Coast, but not the West Coast. So they bought Bank of the West. So they're coming in, taking over, and they were looking for a landmark naming rights deal to come to market. And what a score. Yeah. So big like, score. Yeah, that's like timing. The universe. Timing is everything. Yes. But everything's like uh, the the stars are lined up. The planets are lined up. Yeah, and it's really true. BMO. For so many reasons, when we met them, um, was the right partner. They have a huge passion for bringing soccer to youth and bringing football to the globe. It's part of their strategy. Nice. And uh, it was, again, it was clear. They're also very community-focused, community-based, which LAFC is too. So um, it just felt like it was a like match made in heaven from the moment we had our first meeting with them. They were actually pitching us as to why they'd be a good partner, which most of the time, um, yeah, it's the opposite way. (laughs) It's been most of the time doing the other way. Uh, so it was refreshing and their leadership team is amazing. And, um, I think we're going to do some great things. So I'm excited about BMO actually. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, let's, let's go back. Um, the, the original reason why I had you on, cause I want to talk about the team and the future and the mm-hmm. stadium and all that fun stuff that came out of it. But, but you're, you're very impressive. What, what's your role? How do you introduce people, uh, who you are and what you do? So I'm the uh, chief operating officer and chief financial officer, um, of LAFC and BMO Stadium. Which one of those titles is already badass. You have <laughs> both of them. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. Um, it's, uh, it's funny. Um, I think people ask me all the time, you know, is this what I wanted to do? How did I know this is what I wanted to do? It was never a title chasing activity for me. Um, it's always been about making change in a big way, whether that's breaking the barrier as a female who's doing this or changing the way, you know, sports are, are done internally, you know, challenging the status quo. Is there a more efficient way to do it, effective way to do it? Um, collab- really collaborating internally. Um, that's something I pride myself in and I've been doing since I first started working is not just staying in my own department, but really going outside my department, learning what other people do, understanding what their challenges are, and really wanting to help them. I saw, I started in finance as a young person. I really saw my role in finance as a service role. Like my job is to make your job, whether it's marketing or, you know, team operations or whatever, make it easier for you, make it more effective for you. So when you're budgeting or when you're operating within your budget, how can I help you? What are your problems? And people really like that and see that in a different way. Cause again, I think a lot of finance people are seen as, Oh, they're the person that's stopping things. or they're the people who are, you know, trying to shut things down or, you know, contr- and, and it is our job to control costs. Yeah. But, um, I've always a listener first. I'm very curious and tell me your problem. I love to solve problems so I can find a creative way for us to work within the budget we have, whether that's me saying, Hey, HR has this budget over here for like, DEI or strategy, you have this thing you want to do in marketing, which sort of fits that same goal. Maybe we can all work together, use that money. Let's collaborate. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just how I've always seen things in life is how can I help people get what they want within the boundaries though, versus, you know, just saying, oh, we're going to overspend and whatever. 
So I think. Right. Being like a spoiled child of like, they tell you to do it this way. You're like, no. Right. You're like, let's figure it out. Let's talk about this. It's not no first. Um, And I think that's what makes my no respected. Because when I say no, everyone knows that I tried. I, I went, you know, it wasn't no, I'm not listening to you. I don't care what your problems are. There's just no money. It was no, we tried these several routes and unfortunately for now, it's just, that's not going to work. Maybe it's next year. You know, maybe it doesn't match the strategy, like whatever the answer is. The other thing I try to do is explain things to people. What I learned from being a mom is that kids really like to know and actually adults really like to know why. Like, so give them the why people need their why. And it really helps the whole room, you know, move in the same direction. So I think that was another thing that was always really important to me is making sure people understood and didn't just get the answer, whether it was yes or no, understanding why. Yeah. Uh, This is a a weird story just to compare that my old GM told me when I used to work for a television network. It was about communication. And it's a a quick little story, but it was about this guy in front of his um, house and he was trying to move this refrigerator and he couldn't budge it. And he was pushing it and shoving it and trying to drag it and he couldn't budge this thing. And this other guy's walking down the street, and he sees this guy struggling. He's like, hey, can I help you? He's like, yeah, okay, you get on one side, I get on the other side. And they, uh, they say, okay, we're going to pick it up, do a three count, pick it up, and let, let's move it. Right. right. Three, two, one, they lift it. They're budging, budging. They can't move. They do this two, three more times. They can't move. Mm-hmm. And the guy says, there's no chance for getting this into your house. He goes, into my house? I'm trying to get it off the property. Communication. <laughs> <laughs> it's silly, but it's communication. Yeah. And it's sometimes, it, it's sometimes that easy, like... One of the craziest things that I took away from Pepperdine, and it was actually like on my first, first day in school, and it was ask for help. Right. People want to help. People want to support. People want to, people don't want to see other people struggle. No. And, and, and now you're talking about like, you know, this person struggling there and that person struggling there. It's like, hey. Right. Let's figure it out together. Right. Because I was just talking to both of you. You right. guys have a similar problem. Right. And I, I feel the same way. I mean, one of my favorite things to do now as I've started to grow. And again, this is not something I ever thought I would be doing either is going to speak to college kids about my story Um, or about, or sometimes it's about what I do or it's about how I got here, how I started, you know, some version of that, or it's an actual class about risk management where we talk about how I mitigate risk and what I do. So all different things. But what I always, at the end, it always comes back to this question of how did you get where you are today? It's like the question every college kid wants to know. I am constantly telling them to ask, to raise their hand and ask for help from people like me, your professor, your parents. It doesn't matter who it is. People really want to help. I mean, I, every LinkedIn message I get, I respond to. I mean, anybody who asks me for a meeting, it may not be like a month from now. It may take me a bit to like but get to you, but I will respond to you. And if you want to have a meeting with me, especially now with Zoom and virtual, I'll yeah. meet with you. I have no problem. And the people who actually take you up on that are the people who end up going somewhere in life. Um, because the reality is people get intimidated. Like once you get these titles, which this is why half the time I introduce myself without all the titles, because I don't, I am Stacy Johns and I don't want people to be intimidated that like, that is my title is not me. That's not who I am necessarily. There's a time and place for my title, but not all the time. And I'm a regular person. And there are days that I go home and sit and think, Holy shit. Like I have this job that is like bigger than I ever expected. I would ever (laughs) have. Holy shit. Yeah. And so I know people, when they meet me, they're like, oh, my God, like, she's this. And, like, what would I say to her? And will she want to talk to me? I am just, like, totally your everyday girl. I mean, loves to talk to anybody and everyone and love to help people. I mean, look, 
first generation college graduate in my house, my family. So wow. I, yeah, thanks. And my parents encouraged me greatly and I had great support to get here. But I think people wrongly assume sometimes that I come from some family where I had connections or I had this or that or the other. It's like, I had none of that. I mean, I literally just worked my ass off and that's what I did. I, I want to know, uh, what's the story you tell everybody, uh, of, um, how you got to where you were at. That, that, that's, that's a good question to ask. But before you say that, I just want to reinforce that I am a witness of seeing how you deal with people when they reach out to you. Because the day that we were speaking, mm -hmm. you told me somebody reached out to you on LinkedIn and mm -hmm. wanted to do like a Zoom call. And you actually invited him or to, them the stadium. to the stadium. Yeah, did a tour with him that day. And, and, you, and, <laughs> and they just... So, uh, okay, how did, how did that work out? And obviously, this ain't going to happen every time, guys. Like, right, this right. Is, <laughs> this is not... Uh, a recommendation, but the fact that this this person did it. So, who was the person? Briefly, tell me just what what happened there. Yeah. So, um, I am trying to remember how. Yeah, I mean, literally, I think listened to another podcast I was on potentially, or I was on. I was also did a news um, video not too long ago, but basically reached out and was like, "Hey, I saw you're promoted. Um, I'm a huge fan of LAFC." I'm actually in grad school trying to figure out what I would do in my life. If you have any opportunities like for me to be your intern, to do anything you would ask me to do, I would do it. I just want an opportunity to get in the door, um, which, you know, would you talk to me? So I responded, I said, funny, like, you know, I think we might have some roles like opening up soon that could be for like new graduates. Again, you're talking like an admin type role. If you're open to it, Hey, like, you know, who am I to tell you? Like, no, that's, you got to get in the door and you know, I, whatever, you know? And yeah. I said, and he's like, can you do coffee? Like he had done research, knew I lived in Burbank. And he was like, you know, I don't live far from there. I'll drive to you to have coffee. I said, that's fine. I said, if you love games again, it was like, I think it was the next day, but the next day we have a match. You want to come to the match? I'll give you tickets, you know, walk around. I can show you around. You can I introduce you to a few people. I can tell you my story, which is kind of what you want to know. And we'll go from there. And um, he's since been to another match, and um, I didn't get a chance because it was the match we like gave our rings away, which I was, which was a insane day, and didn't really have a chance to like do anything but what I was supposed to be doing. But yeah, I've talked to him a couple times since then. Um, still engaged, and I love to help people. And again, I think telling people my story, letting people know that you know everyday regular people that's who we all were and that's how we all got here yeah. and helping them not be afraid to take risks, take chances, you know, know what the right opportunity is, know what you don't, I mean, don't, what I said was when you say you'll do anything, I sort of agree with that, but I'm also like, don't take a role in a place where you're really not interested because you can get stuck there. So if you don't want to yeah. be a community relations person, don't go take a community relations coordinator role thinking that you'll get out of there. Again, some organizations are good. I actually think LAFC is one of them. We have actually some of the greatest stories about people who have gone from ticket sales to equipment manager, from, you know, equipment manager back into business side, you know, ticket sales people into sponsorship sales, like all the things you want to do. We are very open-minded, but we, I do feel like we're different. Um, that's yeah. why I came here. Um, know a lot of people in sports, heard a lot of stories, and a lot of people say they do that. Um, but not a lot of people actually like Do follow up with it. it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it, it's, it's interesting how all these industries are so intimidating, you know, uh, 
just being a part of it, being sometimes even being a fan. Yeah. You know, like like kind of right now, I'm I'm getting into motorcycle racing, and I'm mm-hmm. like, I always wanted to do this, but it's so scary. Yeah. And now that I'm like walking towards, I'm like, this ain't. I just had to show like it's you have to show up. Yeah, you it's do. It's kind of like one of those things you got to like. Okay, I want to do that and yeah. show up. I don't know what I'm doing, but at some point, everybody here didn't know what they were doing. Exactly. You know. And, right. And that's just normal. Right. Well, and I think that's another thing uh, for me that's really important is for people to know, you know, and again, to take chances. So ask and take. Uh, yeah, ask and, and like fail. Chances. Like you got to fail. I yeah. mean, you can't not take risks. Um, because you never get anywhere. I think, you know, I have learned, just like everyone has learned, some of the best things you learn are from trying things that you're like, oof, going to do that different next time because that wasn't the best approach or that wasn't the right decision or, you know. But alternatively, like the worst things are when I'm like, man, shh, I knew that was a good idea. We didn't do it. And now you're sitting back, you're thinking that was, you know, a big miss. So I'd much rather have the disappointment of the failure than the regret of the miss for not taking the chance, like 10 no. times out of 10. I, I have a, I had a guest on the podcast. His name is Gray Cash. And he was talking about ideas and he goes, I mean, he explained it pretty well, but he's like, what happens is what people don't understand is ideas are, are, are not ones. Ideas are out in the world and they come to one and that person should take it and do it. Mm-hmm. And it, because if that person doesn't, that idea is going to float on to the next person. Right. And then it's going to take place. Right. And then there's a social media post of Denzel Washington that he says, if you're not failing, you're not even trying. No. I And I think that's fair. I mean, again, I have three kids and it's funny. They want to try something and they want to be like a professional athlete every time they start. It's like, oh, I tried tennis. I'm suck at it. I'm like, well, yeah, <laughs> like, of course you sucked at yeah. it. What did you think? <laughs> you were going to be good when you went out there? Yeah. Like, you, like if that was that easy, everybody would be doing it. So, and it, but it is, it's like, it's a little embarrassing, you know, especially, you know, if you're older and you're trying something new and everybody else has been doing it for five years, it's like, oh, I'm awkward. I can't dribble very good. Like I travel when I play basketball or whatever, but that's all part of it. And of course, and if you're not good at something, it's because you haven't practiced enough. Exactly. Right. And pretty simple. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's so simple. Um, But but it's, it's very simple when we talk about it casually, but you see, I, I came from, um, I came from a small family, never met my father, you know, like, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it was just my mom and uh, I had some brothers and I never thought I could do sports or entertainment or anything. I always thought I was like, oh, I have to get a job and show up on time and be a good employee and this, 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 Mm -hmm. this, this, this. And now being a father and seeing my children, I'm like, guys, any, the wool is yours. Yeah. You guys can do anything you want to do. Like it's legit. It's not even bullshit. No, it's I, not. I would hear this and I was like, that's bullshit. Yeah. That's bullshit. Now I'm like, no, it's not bullshit because if you can join at an, at a higher scale, perfect. If you can, you could join at a medium scale. Okay. You could join at a lower scale. Right. It Just get in there. Right. And just do it. And, yeah. And, and I don't know what happened. Maybe I just grew up and I just mm-hmm. kind of like threw this wall down of like, that's not how it is. Right. But now I'm like, man, like really, especially now with the internet and oh. access to the information. And Literally, I fully agree. And I tell my, I mean, again, it's funny. You start on a path for, for you. I mean, I didn't have kids obviously when I was younger. So you start on your career path and you're doing it all for you. Um, and at some point in the past five years, I have two teenage daughters I also have a son, but the daughters, 
or really have inspired me to do this for a different reason. They were the ones who I started looking at and thinking, I need them to know that their mom is doing something that's hard and I'm doing it for people like them and people, the future, future females that need to have that person because representation matters. I I really, and I (laughs) saw it with angel city too, plays in our building, took my daughters and my son to their like first or second match and I'm sitting there, and this is my 16-year-old daughter, so this isn't, like, a little tiny girl. Like, she's, like, watching, enjoying it, you know, probably watching more than she does a men's sporting event and so because she's never been to a lot of female professional events. Like, she just – it just hasn't been a thing. So at the end, we're talking about the car driving home, and she's like, oh, I really love, you know, Taylor Lucy. And she, and I think about it, and, I like, I'm, I know her, and it's this tall, blonde – ponytail girl who looks just like my daughter and I'm like oh my gosh like this matters like I look at her I see her and she also had qualities in my daughter she's like tenacious and she was like a goat like she just didn't quit and you could see that in her playing style and so I'm thinking my daughter is probably seeing like if I was a soccer player I would play like her and oh my gosh she looks just like me um and and just seeing that just opened my eyes even further to the fact that it really does people say it and you hear it and like, you don't really know what it means when you're younger, but it just had this like epiphany again of, wow, like people seeing it, it just matters so much to know that, you know, someone else is doing it and I can do it too. Um, also some of my, it is some of my daughter's friends. I have my daughter's best friend wants to be a a sports agent and she's like, you know, no girls don't really do that. And I was like, don't ever ever say that. Um, but it, and it's hard. Is it harder? Sure. It's harder. 100%. Which I was, which I want to ask too, but I so want to get into your story. Yeah, but like, will it be more satisfying and gratifying for you when you do it? Because you, I'm telling you, you can do it. Yes, the answer is yes, because I definitely feel like I have a sense of pride from what I have done that you know a man maybe not be able to understand because I'm doing something in my mind that just not that many women have done before, and maybe sometimes they didn't want to, but it also just wasn't an opportunity. I mean, I was in sports 20 years ago. And it's a very different landscape than it is today. So that's the good news is that there's been more people like me that I have looked to that, you know, others now continue to look to that are changing the game, which is great. So that's awesome. Yeah. How did you get started into all this? What, what is your background? Yeah. So I went to school, Butler University for business finance, accounting specific, mostly because my dad, when I said, I, I think I want to do business. Uh, I don't know what I want to do for sure. I had a full engineering scholarship to Purdue University passed on that, which my parents weren't super excited about, but I just knew I didn't want to do that. And I will say about that is like, I think now given the opportunity, I would have thought about it more. But when they took me on my tour at Purdue, they did this whole, like, here's what your career will look like. And they took me to a office where it was a bunch of men sitting behind us. And I thought I'll die there, like literally die. Um, one, again, there was, there were no females, which is why I was probably partially getting scholarship. They were really trying to push that, which I get, but engineering isn't a desk that job. That ring is badass. By oh, you think so. I, <laughs> I, I had to wear it. Cause I was like, I, of all the, it's, you know, I'm it's taking pictures of that and, before you leave. Yeah. No, okay. I'm sorry. It's just as you talk. Like, no, no, no. It's just like oh, <laughs> in your badass. face. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, you saw that and you're like, I, that's not for me. No, yeah, I couldn't right. see myself doing that. Um, I'm very much. I kind of thought maybe I would do sales or something one day. Cause again, it's, I am more of a outgoing personality. I knew I never wanted to sit behind a desk and I was like, finance might be a desk job. But my dad was very much like, no, finance is a basis for business. If 
you know finance, <laughs> yeah, if you know finance, if you decide you want to sell, if you decide you want to do marketing, if you decide you want to do anything else, you will have this background that other people don't have that is a tool in your you know, toolbox that will will get you to better places. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. And I loved, I was good at math, problem solving, the whole thing. I was like, sure, we'll do that. So did that, decided a couple of years and I want to do public accounting. That was the way consulting-ish. So I could, you know, kind of test what I wanted to do, like what industry I wanted to be in. In the background of this, I will say, I always love sports. My, I played tennis. Um, I was a dancer a little bit too. Uh, did some cheerleading at some point. But I was going to ask, was there any tomboyish in you? But not mm-hmm. at all. Cheerleading, dance. tennis, and dance? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I, I was, know. But I can tell you, like, my grandma watched the Pacers, like the Bears before we had the Colts. I grew up in a house where sports was always on. So I knew sports. I love sports. I love being a spectator of sports. So that was always like foundational. Um, so when I went to do my first internship in public accounting, part of the deal was, you know, there were big five firms. I was going to go big five. I picked the one that had the best clients, but it wasn't, they had the Colts, but I wasn't even really thinking about that at the time. And I start at a pharmaceutical company, Eli Lilly, which was like the biggest client in the office. So I was super excited working there late one afternoon. One of my senior managers on the job calls me up. It's like, hey, you know, would you be willing to work this Sunday with me on a project? You know, what junior in college wants to work on a Sunday? None. But my dad was ringing in my head, don't like let go of opportunities. You know, I also had no money and I was like, I'll make some more money. It'll be great. Um, and she's like, okay, I'm going to send you the address. This is back, you know, before you had GPS or anything. So she sends me like an email with a physical address that I print out to drive, which is a MapQuest version to the Indianapolis Colts practice facility. And I was like, holy shit, if I'd have said no, I like, I can tell you right now, if I said no, I'd had a different life. Like, I yeah. don't know. Like, I so I'm thinking about it. Yeah, no, literally. And so life changing. Yeah, totally life changing. Um, and I, I tell students that story all the time to tell them don't say no to opportunities because again, I'm pretty sure how I got that phone call was I was the person who, when they said, do you want to go to dinner run? Do you want to go do lunch on raise my hand? Do you want to dictate and type for the partner who can't type on his computer? Cause he doesn't use computer. Sure. I'll do that too. That was a great opportunity. I learned how a partner speaks to other people. I learned, like, I was dictating his emails, so I knew what he was saying to clients. So, again, that sounded like a shitty job, but it was it was actually great. when you If you actually allowed yourself to find the good in it, there's almost good in everything. So, anyway, get to the Colts Complex. Sunday, we worked on Sundays the whole season. Met my future boss, um, the CFO, and literally – from the moment I started working there, like he loved me. And when I decided I didn't want to do public accounting anymore, he was like, I can't believe you didn't tell me you were leaving. Cause I would have hired you. And I was like, well, I can't really go to a client anyway. So if you ever need someone call me. And I went home that day and I was like, Oh my God, I could have worked for the Colts. Like that was probably my only opportunity that sucks, whatever. But what I had already I said an offer to somebody else. And I'm like, I'm a loyal person. I'm not going to go back on my offer. But then like, 20 months later, he calls me on a random day and he's like, hey, um, my controller just quit and I don't need to interview you. We can go to dinner and I can tell you the details, but I like, you're just going to tell me what you want to come here because I want you to come here and I want you to start as soon as possible. I was like, that's fucking amazing. Wow. Um, so that like definitely changed my life. Um, but yeah, I, I knew I loved being around the sports from the time I, I spent, you know couple weeks a year there for my first couple years out of school I was a season ticket holder um there I'd go to 
you know, lots of different sporting events in Indy. And um, then, of course, like I became a huge fan when I lived there every single day and was a part of it. But, um, you know, that was a, a great opportunity and I learned a ton. But working for an NFL team, um, it's it, especially when I started 20 years ago, it was a boys club, big time. Yeah. Um, I was definitely like a, the only woman in the room most of the time, which, you know, never really bothered me. My uncle had a construction company. I was a receptionist there when I was a kid um, in high it's, school. It's not for every, every girl. It's not. Yeah. It's not. Like, but I kind of thrived on it, like the challenge of like having a voice, having a different voice, having different opinions, um, you know, trying to break into something that wasn't traditionally for me that – I love a challenge and that was a challenge for me. So that's really how I decided, okay, I'm really going to fucking do this. Like I, you know, my, and my boss had told me his full intention was when he hired me, even a young, as a young person, like, I want you to be my, like, you know, I want you to succeed me one day. And that's, you know, 20 years from now, but like, that's fine. Like I, like I bring you here now. You want to stay here. That's great. And again, for, I don't know, 12 years, that's what I thought I was going to do. Maybe 12 or 13 years. And then, the last couple years, I mean, it's, it was like, you know, started to become a like, wow, can I really stay at one place forever? Yeah. I'm not sure if it's for me, but I knew I wanted to stay in sports and I had three kids and I wasn't sure I wanted to leave Indiana. I'd never left Indiana, which a college there. So I had this, you know, somewhat internal fear of like, you know, is that going to work? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, my kids were all, all the yeah, kids my kids were all family. settled and so it really never crossed my mind. I knew I would leave Indiana after I, after they left. So I really thought I might just have to wait until my kids got out of school. That was kind of what, you know, my husband at the time and I would talk about was one day we're getting out of here, just not today. Yeah. And then the pandemic hit. So, and then that kind of like everything went out the window. My good friend who was a recruiter, because I had over time at, at the Colts taken over HR, data analytics and finance. So I had got to know a bunch of recruiters and she called me and she's like, I know, I know you never want to talk about opportunities for you, but she's like, I know you, I know you're frustrated. You don't, you may not be ready to admit that yet. And you may not be fully ready to actually make a move, but I just want you for me as my, as a friend to consider it. I just want you to think about it. And I'm like, okay, okay. Like, what do you got? And then she tells me it's MLS. And I was like, wow, like you're going to ask me to go like from NFL to MLS, no offense, but we all know what that looks like. Right. And you know, it's gotta be like, what's the catch here? Like, what's the great opportunity? What, what's it look like by the way? Well, I mean, the just, NFL, just to hear it, oh yeah. Oh. The NFL is like the, the biggest dog in sports in the United States. Right. right. Um, but the interesting thing is football, like soccer is the biggest sport in the world. Right. So it's just not quite caught fire here Can the way it has. In the galaxy? <laughs> uh, <laughs> we don't know. We can't say that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, I think, you know, I like I told her, you know, tell me why I trust you. Like you've ne you, ne you never bring me opportunities because you know I'm not going anywhere for like something else that, you know, isn't as great as where I'm kind of down this path. But you also know my life because... So, so and, and we know your... She knows your life. You're saying... This is so the pandemic hit, mm -hmm. and when it hit, what was going on? They they put a stop to everything. You weren't working. No, no, no. I was working. No, no, no. All oh. that. I just think my mindset changed. So just like yeah. everyone said. So right. You go home, and like I actually think what was really interesting about going home was I worked in the office for sixteen years at the Colts in the same office, pretty much the same office, doing 
you know, a similar job. I grew the job over the years, but you know, working with the same people, nobody ever leaves sports. So it's like the same people, the same right. thing. It's like groundhog day sometimes. And in Indy, in the best way, sometimes it's like a time warp. They were very conservative, very set in their way. And it's very, it's, it's Indiana. And so they weren't like big risk takers. That's just like NFL generally isn't a big risk taker. They are so established and rightfully so what they're doing works. So I, who am I to like judge it? I just was sort of tired of it. Like I was like, I want to go somewhere where I have new ideas. They may be crazy ideas, but people will listen to me. Yeah. And um, that's what, you know, that's what she said to me. That's what Carolyn said. She's like, I think this place would be great for you because you're looking to make change. You're looking for a challenge. You're looking for someone who wants to take risks. You're looking to not be the only woman in the room. And like, there's already some great women here. And I think it's worth an interview. So I started doing a little research and I said, okay, sure. What, like, who am I? I, I left the, being away from the office made me realize how much, I didn't miss going to the office. And I was like, I don't really want to go back to that office. And it, and it was just the weirdest feeling. But I think had I never left the office physically, it was just like what I did every day. And I don't know that I ever would have like had that perspective of I'm ready to go. I think I thought, oh my God, I'm going to miss this place. I'm here every day. And it, it was just, it wasn't that at all. It was yeah. the, it was the opposite. It was like, wow, I like needed a break from these people, that place, that physical location. And you know, it made me open up my mind to like, maybe I do want to do something new. I don't know. Um, and then from the moment I started taking interviews, LAFC, their culture came through a zoom call, not as well as it does at a match, but you could just feel it from the, from every single person I talked to, um, including the owners, it just permeates the building They're, you know, risk taking, they want to do bigger things. They don't want to just stop with MLS soccer, they wanted to be a global brand, which we just announced, you know, a joint venture with Bayern Munich um, last week. And we are doing bigger things. We're getting into, you know, football around the world, doing between, you know, either joint ventures associations or we're going to buy a couple clubs. Um, so Amazing. it's unreal. And I would have never had that opportunity had I saved. And they were telling me all this during the pandemic. And mind you, I was like a little bit like, sure. Okay. Yeah. But what are you smoking? Guys? That's right. <laughs> but I think, you know, I also could see what they'd done in such a short time. I mean, they came on, you know, with a vengeance and the MLS and taken over. I mean, like they were the highest ranking club after a couple of years of playing, which is crazy. So I was going into the biggest market in sports, the United States for the top club in its league that owned its stadium that doesn't just do sports, does concerts, you know, events, whatever. So I was getting a whole new flavor for life. And, you know, what people should know about this, the craziest thing about it is I had never stepped foot in California in my entire life. I took every so interview wild. on Zoom, never came here and saw it. The first time I was ever in California was to meet my boss, Larry Friedman, at the stadium um, on Labor Day. Like, the, like literally what took was, the job what, a month before. What was your before. impression when you got to California? Um... So like, wow, it's like, wow, what the, you know, like, <laughs> it was a little, it was, I mean, you, you landed like, tones up like, wow, yeah, wow. You, you land like, at, you know, the airport and like, obviously the airport is a massive disaster, but during COVID it actually wasn't that's that bad. Right. That's right. So oh, it was no like traffic. empty, right? Yeah. And there was no traffic, but there's these enormous highways with no people. So like, I do remember my first impression being like driving like, this on, is overkill. Why is there so many? Right. Driving on the 110 with nobody to the stadium and thinking people talk about the 110, the 405, you're all this traffic. And I knew that was COVID, but still 
now that I've lived here for a while, I now know why the interstates are so big and they're not big enough. So it's crazy. But I do remember this like feeling of, wow, these are like fucking enormous highways. Yeah. And you know, there's obviously yeah, a lot when of people they're empty, here. That's what you think. Yeah. It's just weird. Um, and obviously I got to our stadium and now you've been, and our stadium is gorgeous. Well it's thought out. Beautiful. Every single it, it's space. It's so modern. Oh yeah. You know, cause, it, cause usually when you see like nice stadiums or something, it's like nice, but it's like kind of old school or right. like a weird look. But yeah. Th- this was modern. This was like, I, I would paint my walls like that. And I, well, I, I, yeah, I do. Yeah. But you know, well, and look at that furniture and yeah. those are some fucking nice couches. Where did they get that? Is that yeah. restoration hardware or something? Like there's nice shit yeah. there. Right. No. The cups, the, 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 the food carts, everything. Yeah. A lot of good taste. Yeah. And I think, you know, they really understood LA, right? Um, the culture. Yeah, so and- LA. It's so LA, and now that I live here, I get it. Um, but even when I first walked in, I thought they have thought out every space in this building. Whether you want to be the premium of premium buyers and sit in white leather chairs, or if you want to just get into premium and sit at a table up on the sunset deck, and you know have a whole different vibe. Yeah. So they just really thought through the different levels of service that there are for people, and you know all the way down to the sporters who can buy very you know reasonable seats and stand and sing and cheer for the whole match, just like they do. You know whether it's South America, Mexico, Europe, whatever, bring like actual global football to LA, um, which I didn't get to see that until I came to my first. That I feel like that didn't happen until later in 21 because the first couple of games in 21, it was still partially COVID. Yeah. And I remember I kept, everybody kept telling me, Oh, this isn't like really it. If you're impressed by this, isn't it really it? And I can't, I, I'd have to remember what match it was where I was sitting next to, um, one of my friends at work and I was like, so this is it. Right. And they're like, yeah, this is it. Um, where you actually feel the full energy of the stadium where you actually have 19, 20,000 people in the building. Um, and the whole place is like cheering. Insane. It's 20, what's the, the capacity? 20,000. Yeah. And so Huge. you sit with around, I mean, around 19,000 people ish, like for most sold out matches. Um, it's the strangest thing in sports. You sell all your tickets and for some reason, you know, you always have some, you know, no shows. Same in, I mean, literally. Yeah, I'm sure that's everywhere, but. AFC championship game, Peyton Manning, um, you know, Tom Brady. What was that? 2000. Five, six, doesn't six. Like we you sell out, sell out plus. Like we had sold every seat plus standing room only, everything we sell in the building. We still had like, I don't know, 6% no show. I'm like, and those tickets were insanely expensive in Indianapolis. So it's like, what happens? Like who buys a $500, $1,000 ticket to a AFC championship game and just decides, ah, I'm not going to go. <laughs> I, I'm sure it's like people that buy it like six months in advance. Maybe. And then but that six months just shit starts covering up. And yeah. It's like, you know they just, what? Or There's like, I no guess maybe somebody's sick, whatever. But I mean, even like a game like that, it's like if I had tickets to that game, I would call a friend and be like, use my tickets. I just yeah. can't imagine letting like thousands of tickets just. But even that's hard sometimes. It people. is. Like, no, like it's hard. You, you, you know, living in LA, you, you, you become friends with like celebrities right. and people of influence. Oh yeah. And it's surprising how much shit they get that they can't attend to. And they're like, <laughs> they're you know, like, like, Hey guys, does anybody want to take this? Yeah. Please. Like, I, I don't want to miss this out. I don't want this to. Yeah. And those tickets go to waste. Yeah. Like, no, it, you're it, right. It's, it's strange. Well, LA though, Indianapolis doesn't have nearly as much to do. So like, I can't imagine what else you were doing on a Saturday night, but, um, here oh. that's what LA is. FC is we're all up against LA yeah. has, you know, usually great weather shitty now i know this is um but great weather beaches you know 
concerts, like art, like motorcycle rides, I mean, Sunset yeah, Boulevard, like bars, drinking, anything pool, you want to do. Anything a mil- you want, yeah. Twelve different professional sports teams. Be on or a whatever. movie today, you know? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, go, <laughs> go be an extra. Go to go Warner a, Brothers, like yeah. Universal, Disneyland. I mean, Mario, Mario ride. You know, like right. There's there's so much stuff. Literally, yeah. so like you have so much competition for people to show up. Um, so I do. I don't think we take that for granted. Like we, um, we do feel. Uh, like we've done something right to make an atmosphere where people want to show up and be part of it. And uh, it's funny. You hear stories that all the time. We had a guy, what was that a couple weeks ago when it was our match? And I think the Oscars were the same day and literally went and did some like work there, did some stuff, at the Oscars left the Oscars to come. Like, it's like, I can't miss this match. And I'm like, that's amazing. Like we've created something that people would rather leave the Oscars and come to our match, <laughs> which is just well, incredible. Oscars hasn't been doing that great in the last couple of years. Fair point. You know, yes. but still, I don't but know, still, but yeah, more, like more importantly, with all the other things you can do in LA, a million that things. That was, yeah, right. Because you know, sometimes you just want to go home after, you know, working like, all day, working uh, right all week in LA. Yeah, and it's not that you're just working a job, but you're working driving and traffic and this, that, that. So people For are sure. going, people are going out of their way to get there. No, they are, especially on a there. Saturday night. I mean, you know what traffic's like on a Saturday night here. Oh my God. Just getting it's out of the, 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 the stadium, just driving out of the parking lot. Driving into the parking lot, oh driving out of the parking lot. <laughs> I, I've, I've done it on a motorcycle and it, it's, it's still crazy. Yeah, for sure. It's still absolutely crazy. What percentage, because, um, you know, there's always a whole woman factor and in, in getting into this industry. How much is it? Just hypothetically, I'm going to say 50-50, like as an average, but what, what, what percentage would you give it? Would you say it's 50-50 that 50% of why women are not in this industry is because they don't try it or don't show up, and 50% is because they make it impossible for women? Or would you say that's 70-30? Or like, like what, and, and what were some of the difficulties that you saw being a female? Um, I, I hope I'm ad- identifying you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, I mean, yes, yes, yes. Mother, No, yeah. for sure, yes. <laughs> Imagine. Um, absolutely. No, no, no. Um, I think that's hard to say, and I think it depends. And, and this is just an opinion. No, 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 no. But I think it depends on the league, um, and it, too, because I actually think one of the barriers in some of the sports is that women don't play them. So, like, I started in NFL. Women right. don't play football, really. Um, so there's this barrier that you can never cross because you've never done that you could never do that like you don't understand i don't understand i don't understand what's being like in a locker room after a big win or you know what or what it feels like to lose or which is crazy because i was on team sports and you it's kind of i mean again i know it's different but it's kind of all the same and so there that is a barrier i think in the sports that women don't play i think that's the great thing about the sport i'm in now is that everyone can play the barrier to entry in soccer is low you need a ball and you don't even really actually need a goal. You could use a million different things for a goal. So right. it's pretty inexpensive. Yeah, whatever you want. A um, couple sticks, whatever. So I think that barrier is gone where I'm at now, which is great. And I think that's true for a lot of the other sports where women and men both play the sport. Um, I would say 20 years ago when I first got in sports that, you know, my first NFL finance meeting, I walked in the room. I don't know how many female were there, but I looked around the room and it was not very many. Um, and it was, what's great about it is that like the 10 or 12 that were there, um, and it was like a two or three per club thing. So like there weren't many females, we got to know each other and that's still my group of people, um, where we've all kind of gone different places. Some of them are like total badasses in the NFL now. Some of them have left the NFL to go to other places like I have, but it, that was a, like a, that's a group of women who 
were tough and ready for the challenge and they all end up sticking around for a while because I think you kind of had to have that mindset going into it. But I think back then it was, it was probably closer to like people didn't think they belong. Maybe it's like more 70%. Like, I just think I can't do, I don't think I'm supposed to do it. I'm not, it's not inviting society's telling you that's not the right thing to do. It wasn't accepted. Yeah. And you just, you didn't see it and you didn't try and, sports teams didn't feel obligated to open up to that. It was like totally acceptable to just keep hiring your buddies, which that's actually, I think what was the hardest part. And when I first started in sports was it wasn't just not women. It was like people only hired their friends. Like the like incestual feeling of sports when I first started was ridiculous. And it, and you had all these people and half of them were not qualified to do what they were doing, but they were like friends of a player, a friends of a coach, friends of the owner, friends of whoever. Yeah, no, seriously. And like, we, we used to make jokes that the finance team was actually the only team that didn't know each, like we were all like independently hired and didn't have connections to anybody. So it always felt like, like the department that made sense. But, um, so I always like sort of took pride in that, that it was not this incestuous department that had gotten there by knowing people. Again, I've learned that like, knowing people isn't a bad thing. I think when I, after a couple of years of that, I used to think, wow, like I hope I never get a job because I know somebody. I do realize now that pretty much all these jobs come because you know people, but you right. create your own network. That's where it's different. Not like you're your best friend's brother or like, you know, that kind of knowing people. It's, it's a full circle. It is. So I think back then it was a lot different. I think now actually the, like the, the script is a little flipped actually. And teams know how important it is whether it's for their own PR reasons or they actually believe that like having a diverse group of leaders is a better situation, which I, I do believe that. And I think some teams do it for the right reasons, but I think a lot of teams do it because the social pressure now to have, whether it's, you know, minorities or women or both um, is there. And actually like if my kid wants to be in sports one day, who's a white male probably have more trouble than my daughters who are white females, like getting into it. Because again, I think there's this now new pressure to go the other direction, which is funny. Like I'm, I'm happy that it's correcting. However, what I see now sometimes is people put females in roles that they're not necessarily ready for because they picked a female because they thought they had to, which then actually makes me look bad. Right. Um, because it's like, I want to get, I want, again, this is what we talk about at LAFC. We want to hire the right people. Of course we are, we are 100% focused and we are very diverse. So like, I mean, we could always be better. Everybody could always be better, but we're, we're looking for the right candidate. We're not, you know, going out there. Like I want to hire this person or that person because of how they look like that's the whole right to be socially accepted. No, like we're doing it for all the right reasons. So again, we will scour for like the right person and, you know, and again, it's, it's working out that we have, you know, a very diverse group of people and, um, we're doing it, in my opinion, the right way. There's no, you know, it's like we're putting a quote on it and saying, oh, we're not going to hire anybody but this kind of person or type of person or whatever. Right. But I think like we're all... four arms. Like that's, right. Like, we're all conscious of, like, I want a room of diverse people when I'm making decisions. So I want to sit in a room where there's a bunch of people that have come from different backgrounds, that have different genders, like, different, you know, morals and values. Like, I want... Open. Open and and and, and challenging their, each and, other and about their qualities and yeah. their experiences. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, you default back to what you were saying Group twenty think. years ago. Yeah, where it's like 
hey, we have this girl that is super smart. And then the other guy is like, well, I met this guy at a bar yesterday. Let's just hire him. Right. He's cool. Yeah. And he can drink. Yeah. You know, like, right. No, exactly. But you default back to that kind of. Yeah. Just a little bit more. No, it's the same shit, actually. It is. But I think, so I think it's actually, like I said, I think overall now it's, it's never easy, right? But I do think the door is open more for women now um, to take advantage of that. And I think where we as organizations have to be careful is not putting women into positions that they're not ready for. I mean, that was what I, that was never what I wanted in life. It was like, you know, we, and young people sometimes get so excited about, oh, I want this title. I want this promotion. I want this. And people don't realize, I mean, this shit's hard. Like this, like (laughs) being an executive in sports, like I don't, I don't sleep. Um, I work 24 hours a day. I love it. I love ever. I would never trade it. And I feel blessed like every morning when I wake up to have a job that I love. I preach that to my kids. That's what I think I want them to get most out of this. Not what my title is, not how much money I make. None of that. Not all the free tickets I can get to everything. Cause all that's, it's all fun and it's great, but right. But after a year or two, it's like, right. What do you get? What are you getting it for yourself? Right. Like I love what I do. And loving what you do when you have to work for 40 years of your life or 50 years of your life is the most important thing. So whatever that is, whether you want to, my one daughter wants to be a ballerina. I got another one that doesn't really know what she wants to do. I got one that's so young, he doesn't care. But like, whatever that looks like, like follow your passion. Yeah. Like you said, you can do anything you want. You can do anything. And, and that's so true in today's world. And I think, you know, some people it's, it's hard for me at first. My daughter wants to be a professional ballerina because she's super, super smart. And I had this path in my mind for her that was similar to my own. And that's, and you know, that's, I think that's normal. And when she started saying, you know, I want to pull back on academics because I want to go to more hours of dance because I have this dream at first, my reaction was like to fight it a bit because I'm like, yeah. er, like, you know, what if it, what if it doesn't work out? Like, and then you've not taken AP classes and you're not this. And at the end of the day, I was like, no, Stacy, like that's terrible. Like you yeah, are living your, your dream. Yeah. Like you are. And you're showing her that Sorry you're living your dream. That. Sorry, Stacy's dad. No, it's okay. You're, you're being your dad. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're living. Yeah. Live your dream. Live your dream. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever that is. And, um, no, my dad wanted me to live my dream for sure. He actually got, I mean, I feel like I owe a lot to both my parents. Um, but my dad was the one who was always in the back of my mind with work your ass off. Um, don't say no to opportunities, no matter how big or small they are. And like, be kind, be a good person. That's, like, that's awesome. And like, that's always in the back of my mind. And I think that's a big part of how I got where I am today. Um, you know, and my mom was like, never going to let me fail. Like she, she didn't go to college and she kind of always wished she did. And she always wanted me to do more. And like, I always had that motivation in my mind too, was like, I want to do this for her too. Like, because it's like what she sort of wanted to do that she didn't do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my parents, um, I've feel very fortunate to have two parents that supported me. Here's, here's the thing. One, that's awesome that you have such amazing parents, but you know, back to like living your dream. Uh, I, I was watching, and again, I, there's just so much information on, on Instagram and social yeah. medias, but there was a post that Eddie Murphy did and not many people saw it. It was when he was filming this last movie coming to America too. Okay. And he says, uh, guys live your dream. Most people get 80 years in their life, 80 yeah. years. That's 80 summers, 80 winters, 80 springs, 80 falls. Mm-hmm. Most people have already lived most of those. Mm-hmm. The last ones don't even count because you can't even live your dream at that age. Not that you can't, but you're going to be more. It's not the same. It's not it's the limited. same. Yeah. 
you know, so then what's that leave you? 20 summers? 20, you know, to live your dream, live your life, be happy. Yep. And and not not be irresponsible or careless, but to be happy and chase what, you know, what, what, what has value. Right. And, and my point is, is that it's beautiful that you had that with your family. Yeah. But not everybody gets that. No, but that's not an excuse. No. And, and you can't beat on that. You know, there, there was a program here in Los Angeles. They still do called landmark. Okay. And one of the main things that they teach is the story you tell yourself is a lot worse than what it actually is. Yeah. And you don't have to live in that. You can change it. Yeah. You can change totally it true. And, and open up your, your opportunities and people get trapped in that story and like, Oh, I'll never, be able to do this because of this and I was told that and I don't have this and I couldn't start or I'm too old or I'm not qualified or because of my race. People make up excuses and, and, and they they complicate it. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy how hard it is to take people out of that system and say, hey, stop thinking like that. Yeah. You can well, do it. They, they'll hear yeah. it, but they don't even believe it. No. As soon as they go home, they're like, oh, man, Robert's fucking crazy. That's dumb. I can't yeah. do it. They, no. they buy into it. Yeah. Well, and I'll tell you... Um, like I like, and I I don't want to tangent on this too far, but um, I'm recently divorced, and part of the part of the reason is, um, I wanted to go farther with this journey in my life. Like I, I think there was some belief that you know I'd have kids and I'd slow down. I wouldn't want to be the same you know career person that I am, and the reality is, the more responsibility I get, the more I grow, the more I see the more I want to do more. And, you know, the idea that like legit, I mean, if I was saying to you today, like, what do I want five or 10 years from now? It's like, I want to be my boss. Like I want to, I want to run a team. Like, I don't know which one, I don't know exactly, but that's what I want to do. And that was, you know, not well received. And I realized for a long time hadn't been well received. And it took me getting out of that. And it was really hard because like I was, raised in an environment that that's not what you're supposed to do. Um, but now, you know, a year or so out, I look back and think I was in that situation. That's kind of what you're describing where I was limiting myself because of what was around me. Yeah. And when you, t- when you took me out of that environment and put me in a new one, I like, I feel like I'm thriving. I feel like I'm a different person. And I kind of said what you just said, which is you just don't have that long to live. Um, I realized that I wasn't very happy in some of the things that were in my life and I wasn't going to sit around and just stay in it anymore. I couldn't do it because what I was also, I was showing my kids this great side of me on one side on this other side, I I wasn't living and I was never going to live. And I, it was so fake and they, they could, especially as my daughters got older, they could see right through it. And, and now, I mean, my friends and family who know me are like, you don't just, um glow yeah no it's like a whole you're like a whole different person like you were trapped and you didn't know and I didn't know it and it's funny because like you kind of say that I kind of it's a different kind of trapped but it's a similar situation where yeah. I didn't know until all of a sudden it was like hey I, I I'm gonna tell you you can't do this and I was like hmm yeah I just I gotta live my life like in a different way and yeah. you know you only live once, which is totally cliche, but like it kind of lives back to the, you know, you don't have that many summers, winters, falls left. I don't want any more winters like this, by the way. Yeah, um, neither do I. Yeah. <laughs> but I, 
I wanted, I was like, it's time for me to be a bit like more selfish than I ever thought I would be. Um, in fact, but and I realized, like well, but I selfish, well, but it felt selfish, but it's funny Society now. Society wants us to think it's it, selfish. You're right about that. But I think, you know, what I want my kids to know is that, you know, I'm a, and I think they see it. I'm a better version of myself as a mom, um, today than I was a couple years ago, just because, you know, I didn't realize I was sort of like in this place that. I just wasn't very, I wasn't very happy. I'm not that I was miserable because I was, again, yeah. there's a big part of my life that's happy and it wasn't miserable every day. But and you accepted it and you agreed to I it. I just decided this was part of my life and I had to right. accept it. And that's what I was living in. But, you know, I just um, changed the narrative and I, again. Well, I, here's here's the other thing. And, 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 and correct me if I'm wrong, please. Um, it's interesting because I talk to, you know, old, old friends of mine and I'm like, dude, remember like 20 years ago we did this and that. And that was a different lifetime. Yeah. That was a whole different person. That, yeah. That was like, like, I wouldn't do. No, people change so much. So much. Like, like, um, again, I, I saw this on, on a show, but they were just talking about like children, you know, like you first you have a baby, mm-hmm. but then that baby's gone. That yeah. baby version is gone. Right. And it's replaced with a toddler. Yep. And then that toddler, you better enjoy it because even the Jordan Peterson was talking about this. He goes, enjoy your toddler because when that toddler's gone, it's you'll never get that toddler Mm-mm. back. And then it's replaced with another child. Right. And and now you have a young kid and and, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. But the point is, is that you people get married when they're 18 years old. And fuck, God bless if you make it, you know, 50 years later. Seriously. Years I, later. I Hallelujah. mean, well, I mean, I was 24 when I got married, which right. was super young and you know, and married 20 yeah. plus years later, it's like, holy shit, we're different people. And like, we don't want the same things anymore. And it's like, nobody's happy. It's like, everybody's miserable in this. And why are we doing this? Like it, and we're doing it because we're supposed to, right? Um, because be, society for, once for again. the kids, yeah. which you realize the kids me hate sho- it. <laughs> me showing my kids that you, you stay with someone that you like, don't like, I mean, you love them, but like, you don't feel the same way. You don't want to do the same. You don't like, you're not happy together. You're not doing, I mean, that's not everybody. There's some people you're right that like make it forever and good for them. Like I, Yeah, but there's other people that have it even worse where they get abused and beat oh. up and, 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 and not even physically, verbally or mentally. And, and they, they, they like, uh, they're like, you know, their friends will be like, get, get out of there. Mm-hmm. Like stop. But that's like, hard to see. They're, they're, it's really it's hard, hard to see. Right. And that's then, back and, to your, like, you don't then, see it. Exactly. You don't see it. Then you make excuses like, I just bought new furniture. I can't divorce now. Like, right. <laughs> we're or, financing the bedroom. Right. Set, like, right. Or, you know, like, how will I do it? Like, legitimately. Right. Like, at, I mean, as, again, as a woman, as a man, as anybody, like, you know, you've lived for, I didn't live alone, almost, mostly never. Um, I no. mean, I got married so young. So it's like you go from parents to college to living with your college friends for a couple years to getting married and living with a husband and then having kids so was it weird living by yourself the first time oh yeah like and i mean yeah and like my we share custody and you know like weird things like like ufos or aliens or it it was (laughs) no i mean it was really weird to be and to be alone i rescued a dog because like i it was (laughs) i need i needed a companion by myself i mean i also i like to walk and like things like that and so i was like i need a walking buddy neighbor's dog i rescued it i rescued it yes um but yeah it was really weird um but it was it was really good weird and by now by now i'm to the point where you know i actually enjoy a night by myself you know sometimes and you know i had no idea that would ever be a thing for me but 
Um, I do always miss my kids. That was hard to get used to. Um, but my kids are older and they're never home. <laughs> like yeah. the reality, and I, I don't, I like, I love them, but I don't want them to be home. Like that was my life too. They're very busy. They have friends, they have dance, they, you know, soccer, whatever they're doing. Activities and stuff. Activities. Like that's what you're supposed to do at that age. I mean, my 17 year old is a year from college and like, I want her to be free and be on her own. Of course, I want to see her and spend time with her when she wants to. But the reality is it's kind of time for her to fly and no. I'm ready for that for her. And so, you know, I don't have too much longer, but you're right about the whole replacing. I mean, my kids, you know, of course there's similarities to when Vivian was, you know, one and five and seven and right. 17. However, they're told it's com completely different. Like right now, I mean, I spent four hours prom dress shopping yesterday with her, which is just amazing. But, you know, sometimes I do look at her and like you see this little like curly headed tiny person and you're like, how, do, how do we get here? Yeah. Like, shit. Like, well, that, well, well, for me, it's like I look at my four year old and I'm like, I have no fucking idea who you are. Yeah. Who the <laughs> fuck are you? Like, who are you going to become? <laughs> like, it's like, very scary. You're sometimes. such a dick, you know, like because he's aggressive and competitive and got to win. And I'm like, I don't know this guy. Like, like sometimes I'm like, if, if he was like a bear or a shark, like he would eat us, the parents. He would, he would <laughs> fucking eat. He'd come out. I could see him coming out of a cave eating his parents. Yeah. And well, I'm my like, middle daughter <laughs> would kill you with her eyes. Like, so what? there you go. Like, she's been this. I agree with you. Like, who, who, who are, you are you going like, to be? Yeah. Like, yeah. And we, we have no idea. It's a big mystery. And it's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy when you have more than one because they're all different. That's what's crazy, too, is like all three of mine are completely different personalities. Um, and you can see a little bit of yourself in some and not in the others yeah. or whatever. And more in one, more than Right, the yeah. But my middle daughter um, is, as, is spicy as, like, as, since as a, birth. As a mother, do you, do you ever like, that one's so different. That one's not mine. No. <laughs> I mean, I can definitely see, I'm sure, like, my ex-husband is the same, like, oh, fuck you. You're just like your mom. Like right. just, you know, I mean, like I know at this point that's what happens. And even when we were married, like yeah. I think he was like, that is not my favorite trait of your mother's and you have it too. That's just great. Yeah. Um, Which, and then vice versa, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, my middle daughter is spicy? came out just like feisty as oh, can be feisty. just, Oh yeah. Spicy is what I said. Cause what she is now, but cause she's almost 15 now. Um, she's the one that wants to be a ballerina and knows exactly what she wants in life. And, and in some ways, like this is me, like she put her eye on something and like, watch out. Um, but that's you as a parent sometimes. Like she puts her eye on me and it's yeah. like, watch the fuck out. You don't know what's coming yeah. from her. She is so motivated and determined and stubborn as they get, which everyone told me these are like challenging toddler qualities, but great life skills. So, yeah. you know, there's still days where I know that's true, but it's hard. Um, she pushes, like pushes us to her max in the best way. Cause again, I know she's doing it because I know what I want. I'm going to get there. And I'm going to manipulate, motivate, whatever you want to call it, my way to to where I want to go. Um, so it's it's crazy to see it, like, kind of all coming to life Witness now. It, yeah. yeah. But I do remember thinking when she was two, watch out. I'm not sure who will ever be able to marry this girl because, like, she going to eat him and spit old. her out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, she was, she was, again, she just she just had that edge to her. And she was so stubborn and knows what she wants. And, again, and it's actually f funny, witty, sarcastic. So, um, yeah. And again, <laughs> like has like expensive high end tastes. I'm like, girl, like, <laughs> I don't know where you're going to find a person for you. It's going to deal with your shit. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. It's like, well, my dad made a joke actually when I was getting married that he was going to send a card to, um, my husband that said, um, 
thank you and I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> because, I understand. Well, like, thank you for taking her on and like she could be a lot. And she, I was, again, I was a little bit like my middle daughter. I knew what I wanted. I'm stubborn. Um, I'm, I was like sort of set in my ways. And so it was like, she's no longer my problem. Yeah. She's yours. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. I'm done here. Yeah. So no returns. No returns. Yeah. <laughs> no Although, returns. Mm, but yeah, no returns. So yeah. Um, one, one, a thing I want to ask about the ring was Kay. there any moment when you took off your wedding ring? Was there any moment where you're like, I wonder what ring's going to replace my wedding ring? And was there any moment when you put that ring on that you were like, mm-hmm. um, I have a Super Bowl <laughs> ring. Um. Oh. So, um, oh, I have that one already. That. Yeah. From Peyton's. Are they the same size? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I like next time I see you, I can show you that one too. But yeah, yeah it's like almost like, because again, Super Bowl rings are like crazy big now, but like 15 years ago, they were more like this. So this yeah. is more like, again, to say this is small is crazy, but, um, this is like a little bit yeah. more wearable. Yeah, you can for sure. Um, what I love about this ring is it's so LA. Pictures. Yeah. Um, our brand is so like chic and clean and black and gold. And this is the first ever black um, sports so ring. Badass. It feels yeah. powerful. It is powerful. And um, I worked with our co-president and our owners and some of our brand team to help bring this to life. And this is one of those things oh, where I, nailed it. I would have never been able to do that in my old world. Um, so that's what I love about this club is like, they were very open-minded to who, and they were like, Hey, she's done this before at some level, like, you know, let her be involved. And I also do think women are great at details, right? So I was like, we're going to make sure we come up with every single solitary detail. So, you know, 128 black diamonds for Gareth Bale's 128th minute goal. Um, 78 white diamonds, which is the total number of goals for the season, including our PKs to win the, the cup. And then 67 in the side white diamonds, which is the points that we scored, points that we have for the regular season to get to the postseason. Um, underneath amazing. here, like, you know, our mantra for Los Angeles, like, um, under, inside here, Forza Mo, which was um, the vice president of 3252 who we lost during COVID, which is a huge part of our organization and kind of like the heart of the team. Can, can we talk about 3250, 3252? 3252, yes. So anyway. After, yeah. Yeah, but we, we really tried to think of everything um, and make sure this ring was like really special. First, I mean, you never get a shot at your first one again. So it's yeah. the first one. Um, That's yeah. true. That's so true. Yeah. So anyway. But yeah, 3252, we, I mean, we wouldn't be who we are without them. Um, I am in awe of what we built. The guys who built the supporter section and support the supporters group for our club did it literally. I mean, people might think it's a gimmick, but it's not street by street, block by block. That's one of the things we say. Literally, I mean, Pat and Rich were out there going to bars, just the two of them selling this story, drumming up support in 2014, you know, four years before I ever kicked a ball in a stadium and getting people on board to be part of this family, basically that we've built in this club. And this is not just football or soccer. These people, it is, they are a family and I've never seen anything like it. And I know it exists outside the United States, but I think here in the States, like 
and let's break it down. Thirty two fifty two is is the p- a part in the stadium where mm-hmm. there's three thousand two hundred and fifty two seats, mm-hmm. and that's like the heart and soul. Our of supporter section, the yep. supporter section. Mm-hmm. I, I, again, this is all new to me. So mm-hmm. when I was like, "Oh, dude, this is cool. These guys are hardcore." And yeah, I don't know if you know this guy named Jaime Camillo. And oh he's yeah, like, hey, Roberto. That's thirty two fifty two. You know, yeah. I started singing the song, and I was like, "Wait, wait, what is this?" And he's all, "Look, it's it's, it's three thousand two hundred fifty two yep. seats, and it's the heart and soul of the team." Absolutely. Do they travel with you guys? Oh my gosh! So we just went to I just went to Costa Rica a couple weeks ago when we went to Costa Rica to play for over four hundred traveling supporters. Um, crazy. That's amazing. Yeah, if you, I mean, I think uh, they had some stuff. I mean, Costa Rica was blown away. The team was blown away by us because. They think I think they thought it's this American team, just like any other American soccer team. Like they don't know what they're doing. They don't they don't understand global football. And we showed up and we also, I mean, you know, affectionately kicked their ass three zero at home, which we ended up losing to them back at our place. But um they were I mean, I think we shocked them. And then the night before the match, we had a like get together at a at a bar, went there, um, where we like hand out tickets. They have like, you know, they sing the songs, like drink and eat together. I mean, it truly is a family. And, you know, these people spend their, you know, expend, you know, like people their don't. Paychecks. Yeah, their paychecks to come travel and see our team play and support our club. And the family and their family gets it. Oh, yeah. The, it's and like, like, honey, we're it's not going to eat family. this week. Right. We're going to need to go or we need to go. Well, and it's like they go as a family, which I love, too. I mean, there's so if you come to our state, there's so many kids there. There's full families. It's not just the guys out. I mean, you have that, too. Yeah. Um, but like there are a lot of, you know, three and five year olds with their parents, babies like there because this is part of their family's culture now. Like LAFC is part of their family's culture, which is just incredible to see. Um, and it, I think it's an incredible source of pride that we all have and. I don't have it the same way because I didn't build it, but I am still, I look around and I tell those guys all the time that started this, like, you got, you, like, look at this. Like, you fucking did this. Like, it's incredible. And it's fucking badass. Every, I can tell you, like, I came from a team that tries to create these atmospheres, NFL teams all over the world and all the country and sports teams in general try to create this atmosphere. And like, we've like put it in a bottle right here in Los Angeles and it's phenomenal. And y'all should be super proud because you've done something that people haven't been able to do. I mean, Balmer comes to our games because he wants to create the atmosphere we have in his new stadium. Holy shit. Which is like. Mind boggling. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. This is the baddest ring I've ever seen. Great. In my life. But I also have to ask. <laughs> this green. Yes. The, the new uniform. Yeah. The new green, the pastel. Uh, would you call it a pastel green? Yeah. A little the, bit, the, yeah. The mm-hmm. Adidas ones. Yeah. Who, who's doing these designs? Who's doing? Are you doing this? No, I'm not doing that. I can't take any credit yeah, no. for that. No. Um, who can we give a, a shout out for, or what what department? So Pat Avilas does our merchandise. That's right. Yes, he's the best. Um, so awesome. He um, he's one of the people who started here. Actually, like I like maybe I'll have to find the video and share it with you. We have this video. When we were hiring the person to be our supporter liaison, this is the first, like the very, this is back to, you know, 2014. Um, they had the president and the guys then had people submit videos that were like, you know, tell us why you're the right fit. His video, which we still show in staff meetings to Pat, new staff. Pat, the one that Pat. broke his leg. Yes. Or the guy yes. that rides with me. Yes. Yeah, okay. I didn't know you know Pat. Oh, yeah. 
Okay. Yes, Pat is yeah. amazing. I, he was on a ride with us when that happened. Oh, sorry. Wah, wah, wah. I know. Oh, well, I got one of those. <laughs> wait, wait, I, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Pat. Sorry, Pat. Yeah, we were in Malibu. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, he's, no, he's awesome. He's close to the cast off maybe this week. And we're going to Vancouver for champion or for uh, Concacaf, um, and I think he's going. So he's super excited because he had to miss Costa Rica because he broke his leg. Sorry, Pat. Major wah wah wah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> massive. <laughs> but um, he works with our brand and creative team and um, is in charge of the merch. And really, it's a team effort. But he does lead it, and um, you know they do a great job. Because when I first saw the green, I was like, I'm not sure what fans are going to think about this. I mean, green is oh, my I favorite color. It's my favorite. Color. Oh, we, we sold out of that jacket already. Like in the first couple matches, it's gone. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. And Bad you look ass. around our stadium now and it's like green. I'm like, this is so crazy. Like, you know, people, but again, a couple of years ago they did pink and I wasn't sure we pull that off and people love that too. But it's also just, I think again, our brand, they keep it pretty clean. So it's green, but it's not like, you yeah. know, a bad, it's a, it's classic. No, it's, it's a nice it is. green and it all is. of them, like the Adidas ones that are more like a pastel, yep. mm-hmm. pa- pastel, pastel. Yeah. They're, they're, they're outstanding. And number one, it's my favorite green. It's mm-hmm. my favorite color. But two, it's like, it's a very well, it looks like a ranger jacket, like yeah. a police officer, yeah. or, you know, forest. Yeah. Know, and bat. I love that it's like reversible. So I you know, like, cool you know, you get both the classic side and you get something different. So you get both and you get the star, which I, I was going to say, I was going to say, uh, the other jackets from the previous years didn't have a star. What's the star? This, that's for the win. That's our cup. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, I know. I'm oh, just, no, I didn't I'm, know. You're telling me. Well, they did tell me. I, I, I didn't know. You didn't know. Yeah, because and like this is now. an older jacket, so no star. Oh, trust me. When I, you came in, I was like, where's your star? Yeah, no, I don't have my well, star. How come her jacket's not there? Oh, yeah. she's the star. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> she doesn't need a star because yeah, she's a star. I am the star. I like it. Um, I, I, I think we covered a lot. We're, we're at an hour and 10 minutes. Wow. Um, this, we have to do this again. Yeah, we for sure. We have to do this again. Uh, what would be, uh, what's what's the message you give out to uh, the, your, the students that you go to the colleges? What's what's the main message if you were to pack everything in uh, of advice? Yeah, I mean, I go a bit back sometimes to like my dad's advice, which is never pass up on an opportunity um, to do something you love. Basically, you know, never just, allow yourself the opportunity to do things, even if they're a little scary um, and outside your comfort zone. Cause I feel like all of this in my whole life has kind of been that way. And it's turned out to be a pretty awesome life and looking forward to what I have to come. Um, but also, again, we talked about this earlier, but that message to ask for help yeah. and be open. It's everybody needs help. I still ask questions. Like everybody, I still sit on calls sometimes. Like, and again, I will admit this freely to anyone. I get on a call I'm like, what the fuck were they just talking about? I'm like Googling, like, what does that mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't know all the answers. There's no possible way for you to have a job like I have and know all the answers. If I was a know-it-all, know all the answers, I wouldn't have this job. Right. Um, you, you have to be curious to learn, but you also have to be realize you need good people that work for you and work around you and hire the best people and th- they make you look good. So it's like, ask questions, ask for help. Um, call people like me, build a network. And what I tell women a lot is a lot of women focus a ton on women mentors, which I did at first too, because that's like what you're supposed to do. That's what everybody tells you to do. What I realized in sports specifically is what you really need is some good male advocates. 
So you need them almost more than you, you need the women because they understand you. And there is something about that. Like we have some of the similar challenges. Women are different than men. Like let's just face it. We're wired differently. So I needed them too. But what I really needed was men who wanted to raise women up and believed in us and believed in changing the game. Those people got me way farther than any, like anyone else. So I give that advice to women all the time. Most of the professors I talk to say that like nobody really says that. Everyone's kind of afraid. I don't know if you're afraid to say it or maybe they don't realize it, but they're like, it's great advice because so many people are like, you go to what looks comfortable to you, which is like, you know, if I'm a guy, I'm going to go find a guy mentor. If I'm a woman, I'm going to go find a woman mentor. And I'm like, you should never do that. You should have some of everything. And in fact, you should be outside your own genre too, your own industry. Like I have people that are teachers like not just like women in sports. Like I have people in pharmaceutical company that I first started in. So, and I also have people that don't work. Like my like friends who are like stay-at-home moms, like that are also a mentor for me slash guidance person when I need like a perspective that's completely outside of my realm. Because sometimes yeah. I need something. Or even your children. Yes. Sometimes you get inspiration yeah, or, totally. or you figure something out from kids. And you're like, you know what? That's a great idea. Yeah. Look, they, my, my kid couldn't open that jar and didn't yeah. stop until he didn't quit. Yeah, right. Whatever, you know. Yeah, like. exactly. So I think that's another message that like rings pretty true for me is make sure you're not limiting yourself on what you're looking for as far as that like group of people in your career and your life that you need to motivate you, help you get to the next level. Just broaden that um, and really take advantage of every single interaction you have. I'm like this, like, I mean, in some ways I like, you know, I'm here, like, I'm like, gosh, am I interesting? Like, why would somebody listen to me on a podcast or what would I talk about? And you know, this is fun and this is great and I love it. So you just like, you have to be open-minded and take advantage of all your opportunities and trust that like everything happens for a reason at some level and, you know, just live life. Like, again, I'll go back to the whole, like, you know, life is short and uh, you never know truly how short it is. And you should be happy and you should do things that you love. I, I thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I and I agree, you know, you, even this is going to be episode like 109, I think. Mm-hmm. Each episode's scary. Yeah. So I was like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> what, what, why am I inviting people into my, like, my little office and like, you know, I'm real with my camera and like, what, yeah. what am I doing? What's yeah. the point of this? And at the end of every show, it's like, wow. And, 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 and I get the messages, I get the Instagram post of like, oh my God, you know, I took the advice that this person says, or, oh my God, like, you, you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, out there to millions of people, but yeah, like the people that reach out, it's like, okay, I did change this person's life and that person's Which life. Which is, again. But every episode's scary. Yeah. Every episode's like, what am I doing? Why, 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 why? Yeah. But one of the main reasons is, is when else would, would I be able to have a conversation like this with you? Yeah. You know, that, that I can have you, I can say, hey, turn off your phone. Yeah, it's just kind of great. Let's put on these headphones <laughs> yeah. so your brain can't occupy your mind. That's right. And, and get into this, like, intimate conversation right. of knowledge and information. Yeah. So it, it's, it's, you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta just do things. The advice thing, I love, I want to add, um, everybody gets advice. Everybody gets help. The president of the United States has a shitload of advisors. Yeah. Uh, major corporate Again, CEOs. surround yourself surra- with great people. Yeah, they're surrounded by people that take advice. So it's funny how the younger generation is like, I don't need help. I don't need help. I don't need help. And they want to do everything by themselves. 
And I'm guilty of that. Oh, everybody's yeah. guilty a little bit of it yeah. for sure. You know, um, but but that's 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 one thing I wanted to add. And the other thing that I wanted to add is, no matter what happens, as long as you keep going forward, what I've learned in life, everything is okay. Yeah, it no. always works out. It does. I don't know why. I I, I seen, you know, my, my older brother was stuck at a job for sixteen years, and I mean, for ten years, I, I, every day. I hate this job. I hate this job. I hate this job. I'm like, dude, quit your job. Because <laughs> I just bought a house. Yeah, I can't. Right. Well, I just had a kid. You're right. I can't. There's so many reasons. And I heard this excuse forever. And on the 16th year, they were, he was like at the highest paid grade. Mm-hmm. And like, they were like, you know what? It's just cheaper if we just hire somebody new to replace the job. And they cut him. Mm. And he was devastated. And now. And now I'm sorry. It's okay. And now, and now he's happier than he's ever been. And I should have left this a long time ago. So, like, don't get stuck. Don't buy into your story. It will always work out. And ask for help. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, I definitely agree with you on the like. I think when people ask me about what my one do over, that's a question I get a lot from either kids or like if I'm doing an interview or whatever. What, what which is hard because I really do believe that life is like. I don't want to go back and have, I don't have a lot of regrets in life. However, my one like career and personal advice is I had no idea that I wasn't very happy where I was at the end until I left. And I think I overstayed. I mean, I was there since 16 years. It's a long time to stay anywhere. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like being married for a long time. It's like you change the organization change. Do you change in the same way? Like mostly not ever does that happen. So that's hard. But I think I, if I had to do it over, and I had to pick one thing, it would be I would have left there a little bit sooner because I think I spent the last several years there, which probably didn't help my marriage or my own mental headspace. Because again, when I left, there was this free freedom feeling of, wow, like relief. this is what, yes, complete relief. Like this Pressure. is what it's like. Yeah, totally. Like no idea how I was feeling until I got outside of it. Kind of like a, you know, almost like you're in an abusive place. You don't realize it. You're like in this place, you're torturing yourself some yeah. days and you're like, don't not realizing it. And then you wake up and get out of it and you think, wow, damn, I should have done a long time ago. So yeah, but you don't know till you know, you don't, you don't, which is why I try not to have any regrets. But like when I'm occasionally asked about my do over, that's probably what it would be is like getting out of there a little sooner, especially my career do over. So the rest of my life, it's that's, like, that's I would, amazing. I love my kids. Like I wouldn't change the rest of it. I wouldn't change anything, but, but, but it's back to the whole thing that if you, you change one thing, it could have changed everything. Changed everything. Exactly. No, again, I look at this and think had I left for a different opportunity, I wouldn't be right here. So it made sense to stay because that's how I got here. And I'm, you know, I've never been happier than I am right now. So thank you. Yeah. Sorry about that. No, no, <laughs> I, I wanted it. I wanted it. <laughs> I want it. Yeah, there you go. We'll do this again. Okay, very good. Thanks.